Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. I'm Joe and joined by Sam as always and we are going to talk about the first round of the NBA playoffs. Um, so Sam, what, got, any, uh, got any takes? Um, yeah, lots of takes. All manner of takes. Um, I think the first thing I want to start with is basically about how being a large human being in basketball is a good thing, it turns out. Um, that might sound incredibly obvious, but there's been a trend across these playoffs, and I think a bit longer as well, to be honest, in teams with teams that are small. And I, we often like hear small ball, and what that usually actually means is not having like a proper center. Is it smaller at maybe the yeah. four and the five, but particularly the five? Um, but like we've seen lots of teams where they've got like small, just in general, like they, even if they've got a center, say Rudy Gobert, but then everyone else is undersized. Like, and th- th- that yeah. has then been this like overwhelming weakness for teams. And it's been, it was a massive problem for the Nets as well, where they were running these quite often ending up with three point guard sized players, like having three of Kyrie, Seth Curry, Goran Dragic and Patty Mills on the court. And it's just, well, that is an issue. Even for the Sixers, I mean, James Harden is bigger than the people I've just mentioned, but at times having Maxi and Harden I mean, yeah. against the Raptors, who are like all gigantic human beings. I was, I was just about to say also defensively, which is what the main problem with that is Harden probably doesn't play any bigger. No, exactly. And then the Jazz, who um, I think we'll probably come on to at quite some length later, is like with them, is they've had Conley and Mitchell, who... By the way, I mean, I think my his stock has fallen a lot in these playoffs because defensively, or Mitchell. yeah, defensively he's just been like his offensive numbers are like people have bad offensive series, but defensively just been appalling. And I mean, that's kind of a jazz longer running trend, but they're like, they're obviously going to, they get, they've been sort of slated for it more than anyone, but it's, it's beyond them. Like we've said, we've spoken on this podcast before about Trey Young. Like I don't know how you build a good team around a guy like that defensively, and part of the issue I think here is so with him is the Steph comparison, which is absurd because like Steph Curry's one of like the twelve best players of all time, the greatest shooter ever by maybe quite a long distance, and defensively Curry has bulked up and he's always played hard even if he has been able to be targeted. And the other thing is he's got, he's had Draymond Green and Clay Thompson next to him. Yeah. And like, so maybe that's what you need next to Trey I Young. Guess, I guess, I think maybe the thing is at this, maybe we're not at the point in Trey Young's career where he's made that step. Maybe he never will, but also it might be, I think all those kind of players like Steph Curry, you know, to get to that kind of level, really where you're going to lead a championship team, you are will at some point just have like a year or like an off-season where it's like, okay, they've now just made some big change. And it might, like it might one have to year. be physically for some of these guys. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I think with... well, with But that Trey, does also but... happen, doesn't it? I mean, like you, there's all the, always the pictures of Yanis when he was drafted compared to now. But he's... Like... You, we, we always knew that his like mindset made it like that he had the mentality yeah. for that as being clear. The other thing, I mean, we might come on to the heat. I don't know how much we want to bother with the Heat and Hawks series, to be honest, later. But is Trey Young 
does not play. I guess we're sort of doing it now. Basketball in that way either. But this is like, it's broader than him. But I mean, he's obviously an example of it. And I think it's a, a wider NBA thing on actually team building. There's been lots of stuff about going small in the NBA. And one that has become, which again, we've touched on often, about actually you can't go that small because the top three guys in MVP this year are all enormous, seven yeah. humans. Um, but like, so when it comes to constructing a team, how many guys do you want who are six foot three and smaller, or even like six five and smaller now? Because they get targeted. I think, I think, really, it's like you say, these three guys mostly um, coming through and being what they are. I think has maybe pushed it back in the other way quite a bit. Whereas it's now having like a guard, like a guard heavy lineup, is going to get um, well just destroyed. I'm particularly in those games. I, but I think you've, it goes beyond even those three as well, though, because if you look at basically there's a question. We spoke about this in the MVP thing with like if you're smaller, basketball is just there's some things you have a massive disadvantage at. It's hard to get 10 rebounds a game. And you're also like there are going to be people who can overpower you. Luka Doncic might be the best player in the NBA over the next 10 years. Like, there's a very, very good possibility that he's also massive. Like you can't yeah, guard him quite... with a point guard. That's the other thing is like, or even Cade, like if Cade ends up like ascending. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's it's, the, it's the LeBron guard. thing, basically, isn't it really? Is like the having the uh, the skills of a point guard, but being not a point guard size. Yeah. And it's, the, it's just better than being a point guard. And you look at Toronto. That's where I wonder if Toronto actually have really been quite like revolutionary with this. I know they've had Fred Van Vliet, but then they were better when he was out because he was not good defensively because of the injury. Um but like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley going head to head for rookie of the year this year, both those guys got this ball handling skill, and they're clearly going to develop three point range, and they can defend multiple positions. Is actually like the guys who are small, unless you have something really, really freaky. Like because this is the problem: is it's easy to just go like, oh well, they could be an explosive scoring guard, but they we keep seeing them get targeted. Like Morant, um, Memphis unlike the other three I mentioned earlier, uh, Memphis are probably going to make it through. But Morant is like not a good defensive player. Um, he's such yeah. an athlete that like, occasionally he does these crazy blocks and stuff. Um, I just think that the players that are targetable on the defensive end are a problem. And we've repeatedly seen over the last few years, if you have like, well, ideally you have no subpar defenders. But if you have more than one, Teams just can't win. Yeah, I I think this is maybe as well as we're talking about the playoffs as well. This is a, particularly a bigger issue in the playoffs. Yeah, than the regular season because, well, there's I think there's a, I guess there's a lot more thought and effort that goes into each possession and also like slowing the game down. It's like you, a couple of games I've watched where it's like I can't remember exactly what it was now, but I mean it happens all the time in the playoffs where a um, if you've got certain lineups on the floor. And a team will just every single play slow it down and get their get their certain matchup they want and go for that over and over again until the other team changes something. And I guess that's the thing, really, is these having these small guys. It's like a lot of time if they're on the court, um, you are just going to get targeted over and over again. And so this is what I mean about like just it's obviously very reductive, but like with Luca is is always being well he needs to improve defensively and all this stuff. But, I mean, this is all true, and they targeted him when he was coming back off this injury. All of that is accurate. 
the thing is, he's what is he six foot eight, six foot nine? He's their best rebounder. He's genuinely the best rebounder on their roster. And just when you're that big, it's easier to be like at least a little bit of a nuisance defensively. You have to like, you have to be both incredibly switched on and work incredibly hard if you're small. And occasionally now you're just facing teams yeah. where you're going to get bullied by every player on the other, like on the other side of the floor is just way bigger than you because, like, well, Toronto are the obvious example, but like. Miami, like, because they tried to hide, occasionally put Trey Young on PJ Tucker, and PJ Tucker like would just go into the post and just batter him, and it's like, well, I mean, if 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 you get to the point where you're such a liability defensively that they're choosing to go to PJ Tucker in the post, yeah, there's a problem, isn't it? There's a real problem. I think this I thing actually, you think about like championship teams like recently, and maybe you go back. I, this is an idea that just come to me, so I've not thought it through. There might be a massive hole in this argument. <laughs> <laughs> Of um, so like guards that have been important parts of championship teams. Um, I they're all I feel like they're they're always like there's a certain kind of toughness. I mean they're basically like tougher than everyone else on their team because they sort of have to be because they're small. The last one that wasn't, I mean, uh, Steph Curry is really tough. The last one, ironically, was Kyrie Irving, but um, that was. But then also, they had, basically, LeBron they had, was... They had LeBron out. James. They had, like, peak LeBron James. And Kyrie was obviously phenomenal in that comeback. Um, but he yeah. did play harder defensively than he does now. And it was they had yeah. Kyrie, but then they had other guys who were working harder defensively. But maybe you, you can maybe have one. Maybe. But even yeah. then, they I, need I to guess, play hard. And, and, and uh, I guess offensively, they have to be, like, one of the greatest... Yeah. Defensive cards ever. Yeah, which Kyrie also. supposedly is. I mean, how he played after game one against the Celtics yeah. was not that. But I mean, I guess at that point he, he was. Um, maybe. Well, he was also playing next to LeBron. A lot of people look yeah. uh, that good next to LeBron. But um, yeah, but. Um, Drew Holiday is the great I one mean, with this. We, we spoke a lot about that trade and about what a fit he was. I thought Brooklyn should have gone for him. How much of a difference yeah. he would have made is he's built like a linebacker. And I don't actually know what height he's listed at, but it doesn't matter. Because the thing with him is, like, maybe some guys can shoot over him. But his arms seem to, like, be the width of the court. Yeah. And he's... Yeah, he, he seems just very solidly built. Yeah. And you think, well, like, the, the Raptors had Van Vliet and Lowry. Um, yeah. You, there's basically... You're right. Is you, If you have these undersized it's, players, it's really... I think it's really, really hard unless you build a kind of, like freak defensive team around them is what you need yeah, to get. They have to they basically defensively, like off the like off the ball they have to play like harder than anyone else. Yeah. To make up for lack of size pretty much. Um I mean I guess like the Lakers well the Lakers won it was it Rondo? But he the other thing with them was yeah, because they like we were saying about the oversized point LeBron. guard is then you don't need to have the small guy is they they had yeah. loads of lineups where it was LeBron long wings and Anthony Davis and then sometimes the centre as well is like yes oh look they were huge they're absolutely huge yeah, but yeah that, that was that's kind of my broad thing I've taken with the playoffs I mean it's the thing that like it's not rocket science but that it just seems to be getting more apparent and there's lots of talk about going small but actually going small isn't going to loads of little people it's not to loads of like six foot four and under guys often going small 
is actually like loads of wings is we're just gonna yeah it's kind of a different it's a different thing to the um when people say you say small ball lineup i think that can mean a lot of things can't it it's like you say you can have like free guard lineups um which last couple of years you've had a lot of teams like do that where you almost have three point guards on the floor or it can mean we just don't have a center but then also our guards are bigger yeah and it's i think that that almost needs a different name than small ball. It's like um, I don't. But it's, you basically have this like ultra switchable lineup. It's like nobody's going to be that mismatched against a center, and they're also got enough quickness to guard a point guard. The best it's thing like about the just... Raptors, where they're playing both no centers and also only centers at points, is like well, so the, the yeah. stuff they're running against the Sixers, where they were had uh, when once Van Vliet went out, they were going um, what was it, Achua? Trent, Ananobi, Siakam, and Barnes, four of those guys can play center, like can very feasibly play center. And then they'd throw in like Boucher and Ken Birch and Thaddeus Young as well. So that's literally, they're also all centers and none of them are centers at the same time. And yeah, I like, it's basically it's good stuff. It's really, it's like, um, I guess it's like a modern, like the modern four almost, not like a, a um, you know, you're, your traditional power forward, but like the modern power forward that is basically like just a really big wing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just loads of them. We need, and that's, um, if we're going to, we're probably not going to do that much more of the Heat uh, Hawks, but DeAndre Hunter, who was amazing in game five, he's that sort of guy. He's their only like yeah. really plus defender and he's now doing things off the dribble and he can shoot spot up threes. It's like that's the one. Yeah, you want the thing yeah. is to b- build around Trey Young. You might just need like another six of those, and they're really hard to get hold of. <laughs> like you might just yeah, need a roster I, of those people. I think that's the yeah. There's obviously there's so much to be said about the teams that have gone out as well of like what they can do, um, or like what where they're headed. Um, but I guess we'll probably a lot of that can probably wait as well until um, the off season. Yeah, we've got so many we'll months. Into that. We'll do some many months to get. Yeah, we'll just do like an entire podcast, entire podcast on um, how the Hawks can win a championship or something. Yeah, or how how the Jazz can try and change their whole franchise. <laughs> just burn it down. I reckon is what they're doing. Is there's quite a good chance they end Next. up completely rebuilding. I think. Um, Rudy Gobert to the Hawks. Yeah, that was that's I, that's an interesting one. That I mean. Yeah, I mean, because if they're trading everything, I mean, I was just said we we'll do this in the off. Let's do this in the off season. Okay, yeah, let's stay away from that because we've 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 got so much to talk about about the actual playoffs. Yeah, so actual basketball on on a court. Um, that sometimes basketball fans actually talk about the basketball. Um, yeah. Which series do you want to start with, or do you have any takes? I on? mean, we've kind of covered a bit of them, haven't we? Um, I mean, we feel like we've, we're kind of quite, we're a bit off-piste here. We're not, compared to some, some of our usual structures, these podcasts, <laughs> well, that's, that's not always the case. Um, I don't know, what have we already talked about? We already, you've already mentioned the Hawks, Miami, okay. We've sort that of was a that. five game and that was rubbish. Yeah, I mean, the Heat just, yeah, the Heat, the heat won. 
expected to win. Yeah, Butler and Lowry both missing game five and then them still winning is like bad for Atlanta. But um, also a little bit worrying going forward for them is their older guys having slight issues yeah. going into the second round. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a lot of that, isn't it? Which I think is probably going to be like a key theme here about the first round of like what you can... Who's healthy, really? In terms of injuries, which I guess... Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the uh, the Suns then. Because Devin Booker was out for most of the series. Came back. Came back. Chris Paul um, played. Didn't he, didn't he didn't do a lot, did he? And Hit a big three in the fourth quarter, but I'm worried about that. Because James Harden tried to come back from a hamstring early-ish in the playoffs last year. And Booker is obviously in a lot better condition yeah. and earlier in his career. But hamstring injuries, if you push it at all, and they were under pressure, they did not. you don't want a game seven where like Brandon Ingram could just yeah. go like berserk and they'd be knocked out in the first round. I guess that's why. Why he came back. Why he came back. But that's what worries me. Is like because they got put under pressure, did he rush back? Yeah. I guess the thing is really is that, I mean, maybe they won't say or you won't. It's very hard to know from outside. But you'll see it. But it's, if... If he's okay, if he's okay after that though, by the next series it's probably fine because I. Well, the ne- I think they don't it, have much time though. They don't have much time at all. No, but it's uh, the gap. I mean, it, it wasn't like a, a major hamstring issue, was it? No, no. I mean, hopefully it's fine. Can, but it's yeah, it is a thing that is like. That's kind of the main thing for the Suns is if they don't have Booker, they are not the favourites and not particularly close to being favourites anymore. And they might not be the favourites anymore even with Booker. But um I don't think they are. Yeah, the basically favorites. you 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 do? I don't think they are the favourites at the moment, no. No. Yeah, that's what I was sort of just um hinting at. Um but yeah, it's like that's that's definitely a very big one to look out for in the second round. Um I mean, yeah, they've got the Mavericks, haven't they, now? Yeah, and DeAndre Ayton was phenomenal, particularly after Booker went out, like he was in the playoffs last year. And he's just like this kind of two-man game with Paul yeah. and just nailing, like, mid-rangers. If he's going to do that, that's I mean, a problem. I mean, well, yeah, Chris Paul also in like had a couple of fourth quarters, like massive fourth quarters. Did you, did you see what he did last night? Just, just the greatest shooting game in playoff history. 14 for yeah, 14 your, from the field. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet about that, actually, on uh, the uh, the Franchise Sports Twitter account. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, go and watch Chris Paul in, I think it was the third quarter video that we put up there. Just silliness. Just complete silliness. Basically just getting to his yeah. spot. But he did get hassled at points by the sort of irritating defense of the Pelicans, which is quite amazing from their two rookies. Um the Mavericks don't really have the same personnel to do that, despite being a really good defensive team for a lot of the season. Um, like to do the full court bothering him and getting like like uh, what like uh, like defensive guards, well, and like the sort of specific type of irritating perimeter defender. Yeah, like Dorian Finney-Smith is a like, really um, really good defensive player, but he's not as annoying as Jose Alvarado. Like uh like a like a, a Pat Beverly type player. Yeah, or actually a little bit like a younger Chris Paul type player. Um Yeah. But I so it'll be interesting to see how that matches up. Um and they've got guys to throw at Luca. But yeah. the Mavericks I mean, are um, good. The Mavericks are really, really good. And Luca Paul, is Paul also had a um 
sorry, but I was just going to say, Paul also had a hand injury, didn't he? Yes. In the middle of that series, which I, I think that's like that's kind of fine now. He's over that. It's also his thing, but isn't I, it, getting out in the playoffs? So he should be. Yeah, used to it. but I, cause didn't he? I think I saw he. So he had the. I can't remember what game was. He got the injury. Was it game two? It was early. Yeah, I can't remember exactly which game. Um, but anyway, he got injured in the first quarter, and didn't score a point for the rest of the game after that. Which seemed then at that point seemed like okay, maybe this is bad. Yeah. Maybe it's very bad, and then. Uh, and then he came back, and the next game, and just uh, yeah, carried on. So seems like it's fine. Yeah, they they were getting good minutes from Javale as well. Having the backup centre is big for them. After the non-Aiton minutes were just like a complete car crash last postseason. Um, the Pelicans were really good, and it's cool they made it into the playoffs because they actually put up a real fight. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram was sensational. Yeah, I mean that. What they've got there now as well with um, getting McCullum, obviously, in the middle of the year. If they, if Zion manages to be fit for a bit, they look like a really exciting team. Instead of being an Instagram again. highlights basketball player that just puts up clips of him yeah. dunking in an empty gym <laughs> while he's supposedly not playing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they're going to be like a proper contender with that and with Zion because they've now got these guys you can defend as well around that. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I yeah. just hope the Zion stuff. He did give a quote apparently last night about saying, "Yeah, he will resign," but also, yes, athletes have said they will sign in places <laughs> before, and that it's not happened. I don't know how much that means. Um, so I mean, he's he's restricted phrase anyway. He's nowhere near. Yeah, he's, he's just whether he so. might, and it would be ridiculous because of his health stuff. He could take the qualifying offer and then become a free agent. Oh, right. Um, like next year. Or as we know how it works these days, if he just said, I don't want to play for you anymore and try and force a trade. You feel like, I don't, it's difficult to know like what his market would be if it like any time. It'd be soon. fascinating. It would be really fascinating. Because it's like he's actually basically not really played a lot of basketball yet. But he was like an all NBA player when he did. But it's like, other than that, it's almost completely, he's a theoretical basketball player. He's like yeah. the big three Brooklyn Nets, just almost completely in theory. Really good, but in such a small sample, no one really knows if it happened. Just a bit. And, then it never, and then it never just never happened, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that's probably anyway, another that, the off-season. That's, <laughs> that's, again, going into teams that are knocked out. Um, seeing um, as we touched on it, should we move to who I think are the title favourites? The look on your face suggests you don't know which series I mean with that, which is kind of good. No, no, because I, I would have thought the, I would have thought you would have said the Warriors. Yes, I, I okay, I, I didn't realize we touched. Did we touch on the Warriors? Huh? No, as in we touched on the, the I don't think the Suns are favourites. Oh, okay. That's what I oh, I see. Okay, all right. Um, so I've just got. I thought you meant we touched on the Warriors series, which I don't think we have yet. Well, I, we touched on Steph Curry, I suppose. Um. Yeah, so my so, notes okay, for this let's... series are not much to say. Steph Curry looks like Steph Curry. Okay. Clay is Clay. Draymond is Draymond. Yes. And they're all back together again. And that is the problem for everyone else. Jordan Poole was nuclear for a couple of games of the series. He was yeah. then worse for the last couple of games, but then they won it in five. Um, and yes, it doesn't look good for anyone that's going to play the Warriors. They still look like there's still a little bit of a concern about them defensively because Clay, like, I think when he's, I think 
He's not locking anyone up anymore. Um, I think defensively inside, really, is, isn't it? Although Draymond did a hell of a job on the two-time MVP inside. Yeah, but there, there were also other other bits. I think maybe maybe I watched the game that the Nuggets won. Um, there, there were periods where it's just like, just repeatedly Jokic in the post and just easy bucket every time. I guess that the point is they've faced that now, that, though. I guess that would be my counterpoint. Yeah, like they, they don't really, they're not going to come up against that kind of thing again until the uh, finals. And even then, if we want to really project, not looking great for the Sixers getting to the finals, and the Bucks yeah. don't have Middleton, so it's like there's yeah. there's a chance they've now they've faced the like it might be yeah it might line. be they don't face that yeah that kind of threat again because um, Aiton will be a problem yeah. and he'll get rebounds if they match up in the next round um, he'll get offensive rebounds and he's put up numbers against the Warriors before yeah but also I. They can live with that. I guess also really with them is they've not the Suns. Obviously, like you're talking about the backup big men, but it's like alongside Aiton, there's not going to be anyone else that's that much of an inside threat. No, I just, Whereas I think, say for example, they go up against the Bucks in the final. In the finals, you end up with the you know the the Lopez Antetokounmpo lineup against them occasionally could be, or even the Portis Lopez Yanis lineup, which they've run against the Bulls. Just decided, well, yeah. what if we're just all bigger than you? I went for that, and um, it worked shockingly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that that would be a concern. I, I just, I is a difficult one because also the Nuggets, I think, were probably the worst of the eighteen first round team, the sixteen first round teams. Um, in literally just like the quality yeah. of their roster, and they've been they've had to work incredibly hard to get here. They're knackered, um, and defensively to deal with like this Warriors offense. But also, I don't know how you do anything against this offense because basically Jordan Poole now shoots like Stephen Clay does, and he could yeah. drive and score himself. And they've got Draymond pulling this, and it's like Before, and you and one well, Wiggins is the other part of that lineup as well, which is like. He's now just like seems to be the ideal complementary piece alongside those guys, and they're just flying around the court. And when they're all on there together, like I don't know, there's, it was basically impossible when they had Steph and Clay, and now they've got another guy that can also handle it and get his own shot. Yeah, and I just I I sort of need to see someone like slow that offense down for a seven game series to believe that it's even really possible. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess that's the other thing actually about the coming against the big man is they the other side team will also need to slow them down to some extent. Yeah, I mean that they ate yeah. their Jokic for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in that Which, series. Yeah, I also think maybe the Bucks could be in like they they might be in a, a position to do that a bit. Well, they can go Yanis, Portis, and take Lopez out of it, and then they've got the mobility, um, and obviously Holiday can take Holiday the Middleton assignment if Middleton. Yeah, if Middleton's back, his length is helpful against Clay. Like that, I mean, this is why yeah. I think the Bucks were my favourites before the Middleton injury, is they've got that, like they've got the options to deal with it. But so the Warriors are going to face the Timberwolves or the Grizzlies in the next round. I think they get through either of those, yeah, pretty quickly, basically. But we, I mean, yeah, let's not talk about it too much because that series could be over, uh, what, like eight hours after we yeah, this. and then and then we make our, our thing very out of date. Yeah, exactly. Very quickly. So, um, 
yeah, okay. We'll just kind of pretend that that is, um, we'll just, yeah, we'll just not mention it. That's happening. Um, but we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Onwards, onwards. Because it, it almost certainly will have happened by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, where are, we, where are we onwards to? Where do you want to go to? I don't know. I mean, we feel like we've just scattered around. A Should lot we go east? Because I feel like we've done Utah, Dallas. Um, I can't talk much more about Utah's refusal to defend the three-point line. Or, or the basket, or yeah. anything, actually. I talk, we talk about Luca being amazing, but... I mean, we know that, and I think we'll have. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a, a key point with the. We could make a point with the Dallas one actually, because in our preseason rankings, not preseason, our pre-postseason rankings that we did in our last podcast, uh, the Mavericks were kind of a, a slight point of contention when they have. Um, what happens with Luca? Yeah, and they stayed in the series without him, and then. He had a bit of a like rusty game, but he still put up numbers, and then he went absolutely supernova. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe he's, he's just fine now. I don't know because your your point was is like oh, even with that slight injury, it's like is he going to be able to get through a whole a whole postseason with that? And he looks like um, Luke, yeah, he looks completely. If he yeah, it, I guess it's hard to know, isn't it? Like maybe just based off one performance, but. Um... Well, I think it looks good. It'll be a hell of a series, Dallas Phoenix. I think because that because yeah. Brunson was also phenomenal against Utah, and I mean Phoenix is infinitely better defensively than the Jazz, and the Jazz who just cannot contain anyone who dribbles the ball on the perimeter. Um, but like Brunson was brilliant. Dinwiddie has his moments where he's effective, like he was in the clincher last night. But also, just seems to love taking step back threes and isolating. So, oh, could you not do that so much? <laughs> the two yeah, things that not... frustrated me the most, maybe in the playoffs, is Trey Young shooting from closer to halfway than to the three point line. Just throwing these up at random when he can't get anything else going. It's like, look, like, yeah, you make some of them, but you don't make anywhere near enough of them to do this. And Dinwiddie just occasionally taking step back threes, like a lot of them. He makes some of them, but it just. Yeah. They, they, occasionally they were like they would Sweet. be torching the jazz and then he just sometimes would just go into this like isolation game, just decide he's gonna <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he played really well in the clincher, yeah. to be fair. He did play really well and he's helped them since the trade, but it's it's just been a weird a weird little thing that's happened throughout the playoffs. Yeah, it's not not really helpful. I mean it's their time and a place to do that really, isn't there? Yeah. And that's <laughs> on not the it. practice court. Yeah. Or if you're like uh, LeBron James in a, in like, you know, uh, what was it called? The, you know, well, at the end of the game, there's a word, a word buzzer beater. It. Not particularly a buzzer beater, but you know, just when it's like high pressure. Clutch. What? What? You... Clutch. Clutch time. Right. Is that, okay. Is that time? Yeah. Or Luca, yeah. I guess. Let Luca do all the stuff. Yeah. Backs. But you know what I mean? Like that that's the thing that happens. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. It's like, you know, that we just need someone to just carry take the team. But it's like that situation. <laughs> There's no need. Yeah. There's no need for it really. Luca was taking some step backs where he started like quite a bit beyond the three point line. Instead of stepping back so it's a three. Like stepping back as if you were trying to get like to a four point line. Um yeah, anyway, I 
yeah, I was, as I said, not being impressed with Donovan Mitchell. A very interesting offseason in Utah, um, which we will talk about when it's the offseason. Yes. Okay. Uh, we keep coming back to the Jazz. We keep mentioning the Jazz over again and saying we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it is the biggest story, probably, in the first round, to be fair, that. Yeah, well, just how bad they were. Well, that they're, like, potentially heading for a rebuild. Oh, God, we're doing it again. Yeah. No, let's stop. <laughs> um, right, pick a series from the Eastern Conference. Um, okay, let's do let's Celtics-Nets. That's the big story. I mean, that's a really big story. Yeah. Um, Did we mention them already? Did we we talked one? about Kyrie. Uh, it's, I feel like it's going to be chaotic, this podcast. Yeah, it's good. The playoffs are chaotic. Yeah, we just, yeah. We're channeling that. I think it was basically that series was about Boston's defense being like as good as it seemed in the second half, which was there was no reason to believe it was fake. But like they completely locked up Kyrie and Kevin Durant for like the whole series. Did they have? Um... Was Robert Williams back? At he all? came back in three or four. I think it oh, was in game three. He came back. Okay. Yeah, game three came back. So it was already in a pretty strong position before that. Because, um, yeah, that's obviously the, another thing we talked about before uh, the postseason started, wasn't it? About, like, you know, when they get Rob Williams back and what he's like. Yeah. Uh, will make quite a big difference. Um, but, yeah, I think as well with that, I so say, yeah, like Boston, it's kind of a two ended thing, that, isn't it? It's like Boston. Look like maybe they are actually contenders. Um, I think they're the favourites. Maybe a lot of people already believe that. They're the favourites in the East now. Yeah. Um, but then also the Nets. You know, um, there's a lot of this, oh yeah, to turn off the playoffs. And as it's been for the last few years, it's like, oh yeah, they'll turn it on. They'll turn it on at some point. It's all going to come together. They'll, all their players will be fit and then they'll be good. Um, and they did actually have Irving and Durant playing. The uh, they didn't time. have Ben Simmons, though. Yeah, I guess so. It is. I mean, I guess there's always going to be some sort of excuse, isn't there? With Ben Simmons or in general? Uh, with with the Nets. Okay. Yeah. Um, genuinely, who just... knows what's happening with Simmons? Like, with this, he was going to come back, and then he didn't come back, and then he didn't even sit with the team. I mean... Then reports yeah. that some people in the Nets have grown frustrated with it. Like, I would not rule out Simmons getting traded in the offseason, genuinely. What is, what is, what is the Nets? What, what are they? I mean, Kyrie Irving has now publicly said that he's, him and Kevin Durant are part of the management team with, like, the ownership and the, it's like, we, I mean, what? it's kind of, we know it's do true want... with the stars, but I don't know if you should, maybe, yeah, you don't know if no, you say yeah. it after also, you've just been swept. Do, do you also want Kyrie Irving in there? Uh, I, he's there if Kevin Durant wants him there, isn't it? Is you can't get rid of him if KD wants him. Yeah, but I, I mean, more is in terms of like part of the part of the management. It's like no, <laughs> is, is he going to be making good decisions? <laughs> he's busy tweeting about the media being against him at the moment, um, really, which I don't think it's some or massively. Or about the earth being flat, or it's not that the media hate you. It's that is that you had this massive game. You then you swore at the Boston fans, which I don't even. I find the Boston fans are being horrible and saying horrible things to him. Stick a middle finger up at them if you want. Um, and then he was he was awful for three games in a row. Um, 
all of this most skilled nonsense, which seems to basically be a like it's just yeah. it's just waffle. I mean, it, who know, who cares what that means? It, it's it's some sort of thing about isolation scoring is what people mean when they say most skilled and not playing yeah, any I, defense. I think there's kind of a thing of in terms of like pure talent level. That's the thing. It's that what people are talking about, but it's kind of it doesn't really matter. It's like obviously so many other aspects of it, like I don't know, like mentally or that's probably a bit low to talk about people attack him sort of mentally or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's pure like like talent level as like a ball handler and scorer. It's probably like it's like incredible. But that, isn't but that relevant just, though? It's not isn't that like if yeah, that, you took a professional thing. football player? It's like, oh, well, this guy can do the most keepy uppies in the world. He's he holds all the records for keepy uppies and keepy uppies while he's asleep. It's like, well, that, but that doesn't mean he can play in midfield or in the World like, Cup um, final, though. Like, and yeah, but I guess, I, or I guess it's like um, I don't know, like if you had a footballer, but it's not, it's not a skill that's useless to the game. Though. It's like if you had a footballer that was like a really, really good dribbler, like a really great dribbler. Um, but they're inconsistent, and then they and they don't win. They don't. They don't necessarily help you win that much. I don't know what like what if it was like Adam Traore or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is quite, I know. I quite I know bad. what you mean by that. I think it's like there's a Literally. there's definitely it's also an aesthetics over like efficiency thing, isn't there? And Kyrie Irving's not actually an inefficient scorer. Um, and Kevin Durant definitely isn't. But the way they defended KD was like phenomenal. Jason Tatum is like a properly elite defensive player. And Boston, again, so their little guy is Marcus Smart, who is built like a wall. He's not a guy yeah. that you can pick on defensively, obviously. I mean, he's just one defensive player of the year, for God's sakes. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Bring it back to that. Is maybe that means they are going to be the champions. And and then they brought Derek White in long, and they've got Al Horford, who for some reason in this series seemed to turn the clock back like seven years and could like was incredibly mobile and switching on to Duran and all sorts of stuff. And their their whole of their team is not people who can be picked on, apart from Peyton Pritchard, who somehow they weren't able to score on as easy as he, or they weren't going at him for reasons that are yeah. not that clear. Brooklyn, there's other stuff with Brooklyn. I mean, the whole thing's such a mess. The roster is weirdly constructed, but they're also like strange decisions. And like offensively, because they've got these yeah. two super talents, they don't really run I, enough. Like there's not stuff going on. In the yeah, offense. I think that's the thing is they are kind of roster-wise and everything. They are, they're basically the whole organization is just a bit kind of broken at the moment. And, Talking about the Curry Irving thing is, I think he, Curry Irving, not to say he's the cause of that, but he he doesn't help. Well, there was a similar thing when he was playing for the Boston Celtics. There was a similar thing. Everything seems to be broken here. And it's not entirely down to him, but the dysfunction at Brooklyn is, well, they recruited Harden last year. And then it turned out Kyrie wasn't going to play the start of this season because he wouldn't get the vaccine. And then there was this chemistry issue between all of them. And it's like, well, if Kyrie was available for the whole of this season, there's a good chance James Harden's still on that team and they maybe are on their way to win the title at the moment. 
and they do make a move yeah. at the deadline that gets them the right sort of pieces. Um, things are always very, very complicated when he's involved. And this could still be like a title favourite next year. Like maybe Simmons does come back. But yeah, they need to make some moves, don't they? I think. I mean, how do you? Well, I don't know how you can believe that much in a team that has Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons on it at the moment. Like, I, yeah, I just, I've, I've, you have no idea how many games they're going to play, or what sort of madness is going to happen next year. Yeah, with everything. Is... Yeah, uh, we are actually kind of short time here. Should we uh, quickly jump onto the Sixers Raptors? Okay, yeah, very, very quick. And we, yeah, we did kind of talk about the Raptors a bit earlier, didn't we? About the, um, yeah, basically that lineup, and it did seem like beforehand that way of like building your lineup is with the um, going to be the most successful thing against Embiid potentially. And well, they, for a bit. It looked like a lot of people thought, it's like, oh my God, they're going to force a game seven from being 3-0 down. I thought they were. I thought they were going to, because the Sixers yeah. were really bad in four and five. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I think it's down to Harden a lot, isn't it really? It's like Harden's on. He was really, he was suddenly like, go by people again in game six. It's like, well, if yeah. he can do that, then the Sixers are, they've got a chance. Then it, that's the thing. And what, 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 <laughs> It doesn't make any sense of why, like, against the same team, one day he can and one day he can't. Although, unless it's um, rest. Yeah. It might just be that he needs, like, two days rest between every game or something now. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey was brilliant again as well. I mean, also, Tobias Harris, a quick note on him, because he's not been renowned for being a great defender, and he's not now, but he is pretty good now. The way he was yeah. staying in front of particularly Siakam at points, and that's, like, a really difficult matchup. Um, he, I'm really impressed with him, and he's and he's just like taking the threes he's meant to be taking in a way that he's not always yeah. done. Not that's kind of what they need him to do, isn't it? They basically need him to be a three and D guy. A very expensive three and D but, guy. You're the fourth option. Um, yeah, yeah. Occasionally you're in lineups without the other starters, and you can get into your like pump, like taking people on a little bit more. But otherwise, do the simple stuff. And Embiid's thumb is the question. Really, is like, does this actually impact how he plays going forward? Yeah, when did that happen again? Uh, game three, maybe. Don't know. Okay, so he's had he's had games since then where he's put up numbers. Yeah, the whistle will be interesting in the because that changed throughout this series, and also corresponded a bit with their comeback. What whistle to Embiid and Harden, particularly Embiid against the Heat? Like, yeah. can they get? Can they both just keep getting their like what combined eighteen free throws a game sort of thing? Yeah, it does feel like I like first round. It's always a bit like I mean, as as it's happened, it's like there's a little bit of excitement along the way, but the top seeds have all come out of it. And really, this next round, it's like these these matchups are looking very good now, aren't they? They're looking oh, very, very smooth. looks amazing. It's just a shame about like the Middleton and potentially the Jalen Brown injury. They're like the yeah. That's but then I mean, if they're both out, that would actually like, like if they're both out, kind of evens it up. Yeah, better than one being out, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, both of those series in the East, Boston, um, Boston, Milwaukee, and uh, Miami, Philadelphia, are going to be amazing. Absolutely, it's looked like it's going to be amazing all year, and we've got it. And there aren't too many injuries. We've not got like a a Yanis is out for the whole playoffs or 
and beads yeah. like sprained his ankle or anything like that. Um, Not yet, at least. Hopefully, we don't get that this year. Um, yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah, I'm, we'll have to talk about those. Maybe we'll do one in the middle of the ser- series. I don't know. If they go deep, definitely. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are. We are now out of time. So. Um, you know, you subscribe to the podcast on uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then um, look at the website. Follow on Twitter, Facebook. Any, any, Anything else, Sam? Any other plugs we need? No, no, not really. That's all. You've covered no. it all. That's all the stuff. Okay. Um, so, yeah, goodbye then. Bye. Everybody. See ya.